You are Locked On LSU, your daily podcast on the LSU Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, let's get it. Locked On LSU, your team every day. I'm Matt Moscona, ESPN Radio, Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Alexandria, CST, and right here for the Locked On LSU podcast. You'll hear from new LSU baseball recruiting coordinator Dan Fitzgerald. A couple of commitments for the LSU football class of 2022. The Major League Baseball draft is unfolding. We have just got a ton going on as we move through this beautiful July day. And glad to have you hanging out with us here. Um, We are 54 days away from the start of the LSU football season there in Los Angeles, Pasadena, really, at the Rose Bowl against UCLA. And so this is when you're going to start to see some of the preseason rankings coming out. And Pro Football Focus uh, today has the honors, or did so over the weekend, and they ranked every team 1 to 130 in the FBS. Now, keep in mind, the thing that's different about this is these are the Pro Football Focused rankings based on metrics. They use their formula, right, to come up with the ranking. This isn't necessarily just opinion. This is the Pro Football Focus metrics and simulations that they put together to rank all of college football. Now, their initial rankings that they published uh, back in April uh, had LSU as the preseason number 10 team. And not much has changed since then, and Pro Football Focus still ranks LSU preseason number 10, which is going to be interesting, right? Because you're having a little bit of a variety where Vegas has the the win total over under for LSU at eight and a half. So they're saying eight or nine wins right there. Is that good enough to put you around the top 10? Probably not, but we'll see depending on what side of that they fall. Pro football focus is Alabama number one, Clemson number two, Ohio State three, and then you get a pretty heavy glut of SEC teams. Georgia four, followed by Oklahoma, then Texas A&M six, Florida seven, Notre Dame 8, Iowa 9, and then LSU 10. So half of the top 10 is made up of SEC schools, and LSU comes in there at number 10. If you're wondering about the rest of LSU's opponents, Auburn is at 15. Kentucky is there at 27, the next uh, ranked team. Ole Miss is at 40. Uh, LSU doesn't play Missouri, but Missouri's at 41. Tennessee's at 45. The Tigers do play Arkansas, of course, there at 53, Mississippi State at 55. So you kind of get a sense of where they are. But the write-up that Pro Football Focus does is really about the offensive side for LSU. and It's about having wide receiving options beyond Kayshawn Booty and really thinking that either Max Johnson or Miles Brennan will have success offensively. And by the way, I completely agree with that. That's not my question for this team. LSU has and will continue to be, has been and will continue to be a really good offensive football team. Even last year, amid all of the the challenges with COVID, after Jamar Chase opted out and Terrace Marshall opted out, you had an injury to Miles Brennan, Eric Gilbert opted out, you're still looking at an LSU football team that averaged over 30 points a game last year. I mean, LSU averaged 32 points per game last season. That's plenty good enough to win and win consistently. The problem is LSU allowed 35 a game last year. That's terrible. It was literally the worst defense in LSU football history. So much of the focus this offseason, people keep talking about 
is the quarterback play and certainly you know getting more out of the offensive line and running back and who's at receiver beyond booty. And I'm here to tell you, that's all fine and good. You can have that conversation. But if LSU can't stop people from scoring, it's going to be a long season. That was the problem last year. The problem you know, losing at Missouri last year wasn't offensive in nature. I mean, you went up to, to Missouri and scored 41 points and lost. You know, you you lost the season open to Mississippi State when you scored 34 at home, but you gave up 44. You gave up 48 at Auburn. You gave up 55 to Bama. I mean, even in the wins against Florida and Ole Miss, you allowed 34 and 48 respectively. You got to be better defensively. That's really going to be the key. How much can Durante Jones improve that defense year to year? And that will be the determination of how much success this LSU team has in 2021. We are inching closer. And of course, we'll keep talking about it as we get closer to fall camp. One week from today, we're at SEC Football Media Days in Hoover. So very excited about that. That's sort of the unofficial kickoff of the college football season. So we're looking forward to that. And always look forward to telling you about Made In. So how does your favorite restaurant consistently make delicious food? Well, the short answer is they have access to all the right kitchen tools. With Made In's professional quality cookware and kitchenware, anyone is capable of making restaurant quality food at home. So if you're serious about cooking, you should invest in your kitchen tools. And right now, Made In is offering our listeners 15% off your first order with the promo code Locked On. One word, Locked On. This is the best discount available anywhere online for Made In products. So go to MadeInCookware.com slash Locked On. Use the promo code Locked On for 15% off your first order. Again, that's MadeInCookware.com slash Locked On. Use the promo code Locked on for 15% off your first order. Made in better cookware for better meals. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Ed Ogeron got a pair of commitments for the class of 2022 over the weekend. Started on Friday when the Tigers got a commitment from four-star linebacker out of Florida, Demario Tolan. He's out of the Orlando area. Here's the skinny. 6'2", 205. He's a four-star. He's ranked number 254 overall for the class of 2022, and he's the 27th best linebacker in the country for the class of 2022. We talked about him on Friday's episode, but then following up over the weekend, LSU landed a commitment from Fitzgerald West. This is another in-state prospect out of Lafayette Christian Academy. And what's really interesting about Fitzgerald West is that the numbers aren't necessarily going to pop, but the the prospect is what's interesting. So he's a three-star. Um, he is the lowest rated prospect committed in the class right now. I say that they do have a, a commitment from a place kicker, Nathan Diebert, who doesn't have a rating because 
247 composite doesn't rank or rate kickers. So among position players, this is the lowest ranked commitment for the class of 2022. But here's the the kicker. So if it's Gerald West is a three-star defensive lineman, um, 6'2", 3'25", they have him rated as the 140th best defensive lineman in the country and the 44th best prospect in the state of Louisiana for 2022. But here's the kicker. He came to LSU's camp, was working out at defensive line, and then Ed Ogeron asked him if he would be open to moving to offensive line. Fitzgerald West said yes. They worked him out at center and then gave him an offer. So while he's not a highly rated defensive lineman, LSU is actually offering him as an offensive lineman. And this makes a lot of sense because LSU needs to stockpile offensive linemen in this class. And they're off to a good start. LSU's got 14 commits right now. Among them, Will Campbell, the big five-star offensive tackle out of Neville, is your highest-rated offensive line commit. You've also got uh, Bo Bordelon out of Newman down in New Orleans, 6'5", 265. He's just a three-star but, again, that's a guy they hope can grow into that frame and will have a great senior season. And now Fitzgerald West is an interior player as well. That's three guys that are projecting as offensive linemen already in this class, and they're probably not done there either. Of course, you've got Emory Jones, the big offensive lineman from Catholic High in Baton Rouge, who's set to commit at the end of July. And all the 247 crystal balls project Emory Jones to LSU. And just think about it. You've already seen Dale Rosenthal leave via transfer. Liam Shanahan, Austin Deculus, Ed Ingram, Jason Hines, you're very likely going to lose all four of those guys after this season. Cam Wire would likely return, but you're going to turn over almost your entire offensive line after this season. So you've got to stockpile at that position in this class, understanding what's going to happen this offseason. So that's three offensive linemen committed already, and you know a fourth is very likely to come, and we'll see if there might be even more beyond that uh, later on in this class. It just makes a lot of sense considering what's going to happen. So you have to have the foresight as you're managing your roster to recognize where and foresee where you are going to have deficiencies on the roster, and offensive line is going to be one of those spots after the 2021 season, so they've got a stockpile here. Yes, we would obviously love to see LSU get more highly ranked guys on the offensive line that could be ready-made, ready to play in 2022 if needed, but you look at a guy like Fitzgerald West, and it kind of reminds me of Lloyd Cushenberry. You know, Cushenberry was a guy who is a Louisiana guy from Dutchtown. He was the last guy in LSU's class, patiently waited his turn. He had to win the starting center job in camp. Remember, it was going to be Cushenberry or maybe moving Jason Hines from guard to center, which was kind of the plan. But Cushenberry held him off, became a two-year starter, wore the number 18, the honorary number 18, and became a draft pick and a starter as a rookie in the NFL with the Broncos. So perhaps it's one of those projectability type things with Fitzgerald West, where the coaching staff looks at him and says, we can get him in here, we can mold his body, we can teach him center, and we think he can be a starter in the SEC. So Another local guy, another Louisiana prospect committed in this class. Of the 14 commits that LSU has, 10 are from Louisiana. It is a bumper crop in the state this year. 
We continue to say that. We continue to see that manifest in this class. Okay, it is the Locked On LSU podcast. LSU also on Friday made it official that Dan Fitzgerald is the new baseball recruiting coordinator. I had a chance to visit with Dan Fitzgerald. You'll hear that conversation in just a moment. But remember, when you need a snack, reach for the snack that I reach for, Built Bar, online at BuiltBar.com, the best-tasting protein bar in the world. Actually, the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. How cool is that? So when the U.S. track and field team is in Tokyo and when they need a boost of energy and they need that protein snack, they're reaching for Built Bar, the same thing that I have in my desk, the same thing you should use as a breakfast meal replacement or a mid-morning or mid-afternoon snack to get through the rest of your day. High protein, high fiber, low calorie, low sugar. Find your favorite flavor, gluten-free, perfect for keto. They're healthy and they taste amazing. It's Built Bar. Check it out at BuiltBar.com. BuiltBar.com. Use the code LOCKED15, LOCKED15, that's LOCKED15, to get 15% off your order at BuiltBar.com. Again, use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order at BuiltBar.com. The best tasting protein bar in the world, BuiltBar.com. So we are recording this on Monday morning. Uh, The first round of the Major League Baseball draft happened on Sunday evening. No LSU players or prospects were selected, but over the next two days, we'll certainly keep a very keen eye on that as LSU is building its roster for 2022 because obviously you have guys who may hear their names called and have to make a decision if they're going to sign or return. And then same with the 2021 signees, the incoming class. If their names are called and they're drafted and they elect to show up on campus or sign. So we'll keep you up to date on that. That's obviously something LSU's new recruiting coordinator, Dan Fitzgerald, will be keeping a close eye on. Uh, Ryan Terrio and I had a chance to interview Dan Fitzgerald on Friday and wanted you to hear a lot of what he had to say. And we started with basically how he ended up in Baton Rouge on Jay Johnson's staff? That's a, it's a great question. It's uh, It's been a wild a wild few days here, but you know, Jay and I have known each other for a long time, uh, just through the business. And, and uh, when he was an assistant at, at uh, USD and I was at, at DBU, our paths crossed, and we just stayed in touch. He was an offensive guy and a guy that I had a ton of respect for. And so we've kept, kept in touch over the years and uh, played each, against each other this year. And, you know, the, when the when he got the job called and asked if I'd be interested in having a conversation and uh, we had a couple of them and then came to campus and uh, total slam dunk, no brainer uh, was just honored to be offered the position. So yeah, just thrilled to be here. Obviously recruiting coordinator, but but what would you say would be your, your on field specialty coach? Well, I was a, I was a junior college head coach before going to DBU. So I, you know, I think a little bit of everything as okay. a, as a Juco head guy and, and uh, you know, I, I've, gotten way into base running over the past couple of years. And as a third base coach, I think you naturally gravitate to um, how do you touch home plate? So I think some of the nuance of, you know, just team defense and team offense. And, um, you know, I think base running, I, I, I'm a hitting guy by trade, but I've had the great fortune of uh, working with one of the great hitting minds in college baseball and Dan Heefner for the past nine years. And sure. now I get to be with another one in Jay Johnson. So, um, I would say I'm definitely an offensive guy. I've worked with infielders and outfielders. Uh, would not would not consider myself a catching or pitching guy by any means, but certainly comfortable on the defensive side and you know the team offense as well. Uh, Dan Fitzgerald is with us, LSU's new recording uh, recruiting coordinator. Uh, 
Whenever you just look at the two programs, Dallas Baptist and LSU, obviously the profile of the programs are, are very different and the, the history of the programs, et cetera. How is the job different recruiting to Dallas Baptist compared to recruiting to LSU? Well, that's a great question. You know, I, I, I think at its core, recruiting is recruiting and, and I think finding the niche and finding kind of the identity of what you're looking for and then being able to talk vision with the family and say, hey, this is who we are and this is the direction we're going and this is this is where we see your son in that picture and this is why we think it's a good fit. So I think that's the same whether you're at BBU or LSU or Des Moines Area Community College. Uh, you know, I, But I think at its core, uh, you know, you're looking at LSU, the most storied program in the history of college baseball, that's right. Uh, just, uh, yes, with, with an incredible tradition and um, six national championships. And so I think at, at, you know, if you look at it from that point of view, I think there's some things with the SEC and, and certainly the recruiting earlier. Uh, you know, I think if you just look at the, the commits and, and how young kids commit these days, I think that's a little bit different than, uh, you know, your, your classic mid-major. But I, I really think that ultimately uh, this game is all about people. And it's all about character and it's all about makeup and how hard you're going to play and how tough you are. And, and uh, you know, everyone everyone can get talented kids, but finding the ones that really, really want to be uh, sacrificed for each other and work hard and play with the chip. And, and you know, I think that's what separates great teams. And um, so we'll certainly find those guys. And, and there's certainly plenty of plenty of those guys in the program right now. You kind of just answered my question, but I'm going to ask it anyway, because I, I like the answer that you just gave. The talent's going to be easy, right? I think I think with with the availability of, of everything online and, and and perfect game and PBR and all the scouting services that you guys have at your fingertips, it's not hard to identify who can play it, who can't. But but what are some of the intangibles, coach, that you look for in guys and, and teams that you like to to construct? Well, I think you know talking to their high school coach and talking to their travel coach and really getting a sense of what kind of teammate are they. I think that just checks so many boxes, you know, is it a guy that, uh, you know, is, is he good to his teammates? Is he as good to the best player on the team? And, and then, you know, the guy in the lowest spot on the team and how is he, how does he handle his business in school? So I think the, you know, we're all, uh, all of our careers come to an end at some point. And I think, you know, like Brian, you think back to your career, I'm sure when you think back, and you think of some of your teammates, you probably think of the type of humans they were, the mm -hmm. type of teammates they were. And so I think you can flesh some of that out in the process um, of really getting to know them and, and really getting to, to cast a vision of, hey, this is who this is who Jay Johnson is, and, and this is the this, this success that he's had at every stop, and this is the type of guy that you know has had success at those stops. And so I think to, to really identify that and talk about that and just be open about it. And then I think there are some things you can really evaluate. You know, it's, it's it's way more than a 60 time. Like if a guy's a plus plus runner, but you know, he hits a ground ball to short, he dogs it down the line. You know, that can be kind of telling sometimes of, of maybe that grid and that, that next level toughness. So I think you just got to pay attention to how hard you guys play. Do they hustle on and off the field? Uh, do they look like they have some joy when they play? And ultimately, you know, what's the makeup like and, and what are they going to bring to the, bring to the team outside of just when they're in the box or in the field? New LSU recruiting coordinator Dan Fitzgerald is with us. Coach, I would assume you get to work immediately as you try to construct the 2021 roster. What is still a need or needs that you all have identified that you might be able to address? And with a relatively short amount of time, how do you address those now? Sure, sure. Well, I, you know, I think there, there are some awesome, awesome pieces in place. And, 
you know, it's different this year, probably more than any other year coming off of a pandemic and then the introduction of uh, the transfer portal and the one-time transfer. So I think that's just changed the game for college baseball across the board. So I think that's opened some doors to um, some potential guys that, that we can get right now. Um, but again, it's, it's just doing the homework and seeing who's available. And there are a lot of names in there, but trying to figure out, you know, why are they in there and, and what can they contribute? So, you know, I think it's, I don't know. I've never met a, never met a college baseball coach that thought they've had, they've had enough pitching. So I think there's always a, a need for that, but certainly a, a potent lineup coming back and, um, just some great pieces. So I think, you know, best available, probably, a. a a lame response, but it, it's true. You know, best available and, and always looking for arms. You mentioned the transfer portal, um, and, and obviously that's a hot topic right now. What, what does that do, Coach, to the to the high school athletes, the the sophomores, juniors, and and even in some cases the seniors that are just kind of holding on and waiting for that that one big offer? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. You, you know, I, I think with with everyone getting their uh, their year back last year, um, you know, I think it just changed kind of, uh, I think most college coaches would say that it, it changed the conversation from the guys who were already committed. I know that at DBU, we had to go back and have some conversations of, Hey, when you committed here, uh, we anticipated X, Y, and Z being gone, graduated, drafted, signed, whatever. And when you throw in uh, an extra year of eligibility in a five round draft and it kind of floods the market. So, um, you know, I think it has changed. I think, you know, we're seeing college baseball at a super high level at, at, at all levels. Uh, junior college baseball is certainly benefiting from it. And so, you know, I think it's, it's uh, making those spots harder and harder to come by in some ways. And, uh, you know, I think junior college baseball is getting really good because of it. And, you know, in mid-major baseball and, and kind of some of the low-major baseball is picking up some really, really good players. So I think the spots are still out there. I think part of the part of the trick, you know, if I'm a, I'm a, I'm a dad of three boys. My kids are little, but you know, you, you fast forward into high school and I think, you know, to be patient, and let it, let it flesh out. It's all about fit. And, you know, sometimes that fit, we, we've all looked at rosters where, you know, someone signed as a ninth grader and had a ton of success in college and other guys that went to junior college for two years and, and signed in the spring of their sophomore year and had success for the four years. So development and, and that maturation process happens different for everyone, but it certainly has changed the calendar for, for most kids. Look, obviously you mentioned your wife and your sons are going to move down to Baton Rouge. I'm just curious. I know you've only been here a short amount of time, but just what's been your impression of, of the city of LSU of really the, the culture around here, just that, you know, a place to, to bring your family. Well, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, the baseball side of it, when Jay called, it's like you have the, you know, just the, the response of absolutely like, you know, it's, it's LSU. It's, you know, I'm, I'm 43. So, you know, you look at the national titles of 91, 93, 96, 97, 2000, I graduated from college in 2000. So I was a little older in 09, but those from 91 uh, to 2000, like I'm in high school and then in college. So, you know, when I think of college baseball and I think of like my memories go back to, watching LSU on TV or um, I wasn't, you know, a, a great player like Ryan. So I didn't get to play in Omaha. But hey, 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 Omaha let's, let's not inflate that ego. <laughs> Come on now. Come on. That's my guy. No, but Fitzy. I got to, that's my dude. Boy, Fitzy. <laughs> uh, but I, you know, 
so there's the baseball side that you just say yes, but then, you know, trying to be a responsible husband and dad, you, you start to do some homework and, um, you know, fortunately it's a small world and, uh, you know, I know some people in, in Baton Rouge and one of, uh, former, uh, student manager at LSU, Jeremy Brokaw was actually one of my student assistants at DMAC and he came down and, and worked, uh, as a student assistant on Coach Maneri's staff. And so people like, like, uh, like Jeremy and, and have just been super helpful and pointing the direction of little things. And then, you know, I spent, uh, all day, just a fire hose of information, but it's all incredible information and incredible people. So every conversation I've had, and I've had a ton of them, um, but I, I really tried to uh, poke holes in, in, in Baton Rouge and in LSU to try to figure out, okay, where, where's the, where's the thing that tells me I shouldn't do this or where, where's the red flag that I should be worried about it. And it's just been fantastic. The people have been amazing. Um, you know, I did not know a phone could take that many text messages. I just, (laughs) people have just the outpouring of, of, uh, encouragement has just been, uh, it's been amazing. And so, yeah, it's, it's been an absolute fire hose of just awesomeness. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been amazing. That is going to do it for us here on a Monday edition of the Locked on LSU podcast. If you've not done so yet, please subscribe however you get your podcasts and however you are listening. If you could rate us, leave a review on iTunes, all of that is tremendously helpful. And remember, today on the Locked on Today podcast, can Giannis save the Bucks in the NBA Finals? Milwaukee takes Game 3. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked on Today podcast. Follow the Locked on Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Until next time, it is Locked on LSU, your team every day.